Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. This is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. This is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day, that pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. Bob here to tell it like it is radio show. Good to have you with us tonight. That was Timothy Spell with our opening song every Sunday night. This is that, and that I like that song because it has Acts 2.38 all over that song where Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, 
and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You are listening tonight on May 1st, 2022. If this is the time you're hearing this, this is a live broadcast coming straight out of KDIX Studios in Dickinson, North Dakota. Now, you may be listening tonight on Holy Ghost Radio, which they pick up live. Thank you, Brother Duran, for doing that. I'm the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church, Pastor Bob Simons, and we had a great service today. We've got a special speaker uh, that is uh, we're going to he hang on to. He preached for us in our church service today. He's going to be on the radio with, with us tonight. We've got people texting me, which you can do, 701-290-7862. We've got Luke and Be- Becky listening tonight already. We've got Brother Griffith listening. Uh, Carl and Jeannie are listening tonight. Michigan, Sister Brett's from Kildare. Miss you, Sister Brett's. Uh, Yvonne and Maren are listening down in Bowman tonight. So far, that's how many people have texted me. So you can, this is your ground floor entry. We've got, oh, we've got our team from New England tonight had six ladies in their women's prison service. So um, the um, text me 701 290 7862. Let me introduce our speaker for tonight. He's not a stranger to our Dickinson New Life Pentecostal Church, or really he's not a stranger to Holy Ghost Radio and the Tell It Like It Is radio show, Brother Jones. I don't know how many times we've been over the years you've been on the radio with me. It's been quite a few times, though, really. Good to have you with us tonight. Brother Jones is an evangelist. He lives in in um, Minnesota. He is keeping the uh, Minneapolis area under control, I think. And I don't know what yeah, they're doing. Right. Yeah, all right. Well, good. Welcome to the show tonight. And uh, I told him I'm not interviewing him. He's got a topic. I might jump in a little bit. We're going to play a little music during the show just to give you a breather to go use the bathroom or whatever. But uh, after that, we're going to just try to keep Brother Jones busy tonight. Brother Jones, you are you are live with us tonight. Well, I greet you in that wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, uh, Pastor Simons, for uh, this opportunity to talk to your listeners on the radio. Um, if you're listening... Obviously, you're listening out there tonight. You are very privileged to have a man of God to um, speak to you so many, many years in this community. I believe this community is blessed by a preacher such as this. And so my compliments and an honor to be with you, Pastor Simons. Tonight, I feel very, very strongly about this subject. Uh, God specifically gave me this subject um, two days ago, and I preached this in the church, and I'm going to talk to you tonight about something that has really affected America, uh, has affected our world uh, from the very beginning of uh, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. It has destroyed, tried to destroy humanity. This particular subject has devastated our world, our community, and our families and God has an answer for that. And I believe that there's some out there tonight, under the sound of my voice, if you will listen to the preacher tonight, to the Word of God, God will give you the answer to this subject. I am going to speak to you about this subject tonight, and it's called shame and guilt. And what do we do with shame and guilt where did it derive from? How does it affect us? And what is the answer? In the very beginning, we find in Genesis, and God addresses that from the very beginning, and he says this, he says to Adam and Eve, he placed a garden in a, in a garden that was a perfect world for them. They were guiltless. They were without sin. 
and without shame and no guilt. And he said, if you partake of this tree of the, the knowledge of good and evil, and this is where it happened, where man, humanity gained the knowledge and the emotion of shame and guilt, and that was the result of their disobedient to God. They had done something uh, under the, the auspice of a lie and felt that they were lied to, thinking that this was going to open up their understanding greater, and it caused a devastation to them, and sin and guilt, shame happened. And they hid themselves from God. Now, God was a very compassionate, very loving God, always and always will be, always still is today. You don't have to run away from the answer. The answer is there. So if you're suffering underneath shame and guilt, uh, there is an answer tonight for you. You do not have to allow that to dictate to you how you live. There is a future out there for you. And God has the answer for you. When they when they sinned and they walked away from God, they hid themselves. The Bible says they were afraid. You can read that in uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. I'll read this to you. Now, there's a beautiful communication uh, between man and God. And God did not stop that. But because of shame, man ran away from God and hid. That's what shame does. It causes you to hide from... Uh, First, first of all, from God, and then hide from others, and, and you hide from yourself. And here's what God said. The Lord God called unto Adam, Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, and said unto him, Where are you? It was the same tone of, tone of voice, the same God. He spoke it in love. He was very concerned for humanity. And he asked Adam and Eve, Where, where are you? Where would you go? And, and they answered. And here's what they said. He says, I heard your voice in the garden like always. And I was afraid. Because I was naked and I hid myself. Now, if you understand and really understand what took place here, they were ashamed. And shame will will expose your nakedness. You will feel um, vulnerable. And your guilt will, will strip you of everything that that is there to protect you and you will hide and you will hide from the very answer that would deliver you from your guilt and shame and that's God and God called out to them now I'm going to give you a definition that a biblical definition of what what shame is it's a uh, a negative emotion caused by an awareness of wrongdoing a hurt ego or guilt. In the Bible, the feeling of shame is normally caused by public exposure to one's guilt. And sin is the cause of shame. Now, I want to just take this just a little further. I'm going to talk about that. Um, sin really causes guilt, and guilt causes shame. And, and that's, where, that's where shame comes from. That's where guilt comes from. That you recognize that you sinned against God, you recognize that, and you may not even know that, that you may not even know God, but there's feeling of guilt in your conscience, God gave that to you. Why? If so, it will drive you back to the one that could deliver you from your sin and, and your shame and your guilt. Now, I want to take this a step further and also add this. He says, shame also is a cause of being wronged. 
that somebody wronged you, you've been abused or mistreated, when one's personal rights were violated, uh, this could occur in a number of ways. And most a vivid example of this is like perhaps maybe you know a child that was been, um, or you as a child, I'm speaking to you, somebody here tonight, I feel very strongly that this is for you. You're living underneath guilt and you've been a victim of something and, and you feel guilt, you feel ashamed of that. Or you're a survivor of a traumatic event and you're the one that survived and you feel ashamed or guilt, you have this guilt and it, it destroys you and you hide yourself from, from society and you, you, you mentally, um, it, it, it'll cause you and it'll stop you from functioning in a real world. And it, it interrupts your relationships, interrupts your, your, your whole life. And um, what do you do with this? How do you, is there an answer to this? Well, there is an answer to shame or to your shame and guilt. And God did not leave you to where you would have to suffer uh, all your life in guilt and shame. And uh, so tonight, I'm going to give you the why. Uh, what caused this? I already give you a definition. Is because of, of uh, your sin that's in your life. And let me tell you a story. Uh, when I was younger, my first um, experience of understanding what shame is, and uh, I, I guess I came into the um, age to where I, I felt like I was responsible for my behavior, and I probably was only six, seven years old, and um, my dad had. Uh, uh, found a old wooden uh, rowboat. Uh, we lived on a, a piece of water, a lake, and it was an old sunken rowboat that he tried to restore. And now you put water, a boat, and four or five boys together, and, and that could cause a, a quite a, a ruckus. And so Dad gave us some strict instructions. He says, boys, I don't want you to be uh, get into that boat. I don't want you to go down by the water where that boat is. He says, you stay away from it. Well, when Dad left for work, uh, you see the boat, you see the water, and uh, you uh, begin to imagine uh, the, the time uh, that you could have with that. And eventually we made our way down to the boat, and we began to play around the boat. Um, and we become pirates, and uh, and just the moment uh, we escaped into this f- fantasy of like we were uh, vulnerable, not vulnerable to anything, and we forgot uh, really what our dad had told us, and for that fleeting moment, uh, we lost ourselves in the moment of pleasure. Now, sometimes that happens to us as adults or even when we are, are young people. Um, f- we know what the rules are. We understand what's right and wrong. And for just the moment of pleasure, we find ourselves um, falling into that trap and violating our own rule, our own standard, our own moral. And young people will find themselves in a place where they really wish they'd never gone. And all of a sudden, shame comes. And this is where I found myself with a young boy. And this is when I first remembered. And we found ourselves uh, throughout the day playing in this boat. Well, it wasn't enough just to play in the boat on the shore. So we 
uh, felt like, well, let's just push it out a little ways. Nobody would know. We finally had the boat out in the water, and we're inside the boat and and uh, playing and just having fun for fun time until Dad was about to come home. And then we scrambled, try to reconstruct, try to put back together. Now, listen to me. We find ourselves that we realize that we've done something that was contrary and it caused shame, it caused guilt, and we try to fix it. And society tells us how to do it. They said you can fix it by doing this and doing that, and you know that you cannot get it back. Once you violate your your personal moral standard, once you violate your principles that you said that you'll never do, you cannot reconstruct that and get that back. So what do you do with that, Pastor Bob? And so in a few moments, we're going to take just a, a break right now, and uh, we're going to tell you how, uh, the answer to all that. Such a pretty picture Soften it up and make it light They don't paint the cross of scripture They just can't seem to get it back There he hung in agony Giving himself for you and me On a cross alone he died Shedding blood the crucified Shedding blood The crucified And the blood was spared The pain was real I can't imagine How it must feel To be nailed to a cross Such an unfair deal Blood was spared And the pain was real Blood was spared And the pain
This is Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. You are listening to Brother Dale Jones talking about guilt and shame. Going to give a shout-out to some of the people that are texting me, which you can do by 701-290-7862. We've got the Lunas listening in Wapaton, North Dakota. We've got uh, Stephen Byler listening out in Pennsylvania. We've got Brother Lopez listening in Texas. Uh, We've got a neat text from Yvonne. She was listening with her daughter, Marin, down in Bowman. She said, this is so cool. She said, because the last time Brother Jones was on the radio, she said, I received the Holy Ghost after the program was over. She started praying, and, and she was filled with the Holy Ghost. So this brings back memories to her. And and if you don't know what that means, um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that you can receive even if you've come to God with a, a good confession of sins and repentance it's it's a scriptural. You study the book of Acts. It's all over there. And so many people that are listening tonight may have never received it, but if you seek after God, you will and can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the initial evidence will be that you speak in a language that you do not understand. That's You can study that all in the book of Acts. I know that's not our topic tonight, but I just had to throw that in. Brother Jones, uh, keep on talking. He's talking about that he was right in the middle of telling a story about when he was a little boy and how he disobeyed his father. Well, thank you, Pastor Simons and Yvonne. I, I greet you. What a what a great, great time to meet again. Amen. I am so happy for you. Praise God. So I, I am going to intertwine my story as a young man. This is my first um, inclination of my remembrance of uh, shame. And so I'm going to uh, kind of intertwine some scriptures and so forth with this story so i'll bear with me tonight but however so we try to reconstruct uh, the placement of that boat and and hopefully that dad would not recognize this and we realized what we'd done something wrong and that was the first time in my life that i felt guilt like that i could remember and i know we did something wrong no i didn't know what sin was I didn't know who God was, but I know I experienced what guilt felt like, and I did not like it. And it was a very hard thing for a six-year-old to try to navigate through guilt and shame. And that continued on to the, the most of my life, well, a good part of my life up until I was age 21, what did I do with that guilt and shame, Pastor Bob? It was a, I could not deal with it. I didn't know how to handle it. And, and shame, uh, it, it impacts your life. It molds and shapes you. And it drives you to further uh, sin and things that you really not intending to do, but it will drive you further and you will self, begin to find a self-medication. Uh, or even other relationships that you know is wrong, to try to take away that shame. And that world tells you that's what you need to do. And and um, it, it drove me. It molded and shaped my life, especially as, at age six. It, it, it shaped me for six days, if I can remember that. Now, when my dad came home that evening, I was sure and confident that my dad will come to us. There was five, there was three, three of us at that time, boys and a few neighbors, and I had an older brother. Now, interesting, the older brother was the one that instigated this. And, of course, 
I wanted to blame him for my shame. And this is what we do. We blame other people for our guilt. She's the one that caused it. If it wasn't for her, if it wasn't for that relationship or that abandonment, I never would have done this. They made me do it. And that's what Adam and Eve, they had that discussion in the garden. And God says, hey, uh, what happened here? Why? Why?" He says, well, uh, she caused me to do it. She told me to do it. And then, of course, Eve goes, well, it's not my fault. It's, it, you know, the serpent told me to do it. So we never, the problem lays here, that we never take responsibility for our guilt and shame. And once we do that, we will find the answer. But as long as we start um, accusing somebody else, we need to take the responsibility, Pastor, amen, for, for our own guilt and shame. And that's a hard thing to do. It really is. Because why do you want to do that? You know, that's a very difficult. So uh, shame molds your life. It'll shape your life. And it molded and shaped my life for those six days. Now, um, you see, people who live with shame often avoid relationships. They'll, they they um, run away from relationships. Now, I'm not talking about a relationship that sometimes we get into... We look for a relationship for the evening, and you know what I'm talking about. We find find ourselves, if I can just get into a immoral relationship for a few days or a few weeks um, and, and don't be responsible for what I do, somehow we feel like that can cover our shame. But a healthy relationship, we will avoid because of our guilt and shame. Um, also, uh, people that live with shame, when I was living with shame, shame I was prone to uh, suppress my emotion. I wasn't happy. And I put on a facade. And and shame dictated to me how I am going to feel that morning. I remember times going to bed later in my uh, later years that when I did, I, I, I built upon my shame, if you will. I added to it. I didn't know how to deal with it. And and so it... it I, you, you're, you're prone to suppress your emotions, and, and shame is associated with suppression. Um, well, it, you feel it's just a very difficult to handle shame. People that live with shame feel worthless, and I felt like I was not worthy. I was worthless. Um, I, I never had a good outlook of myself. I didn't think anybody would love me. And so let me go back to the story when I was six. I did not think my dad would love me anymore because because um, I, I felt like he was going to be mad at me. I disappointed him. And so that's why I felt shamed. And so when my dad came home that evening, he never said nothing to me. And, and so I thought, well, maybe he doesn't know. Well, he... And so, but my shame did not release me and my guilt was not released. I went to bed very sorrowful. I mean, I remember crying because I was so shameful that I disappointed dad. The next day, dad gets up to work, never says anything. And I was thinking, please, you know, say something. But I didn't have enough courage to confront it because, you know, I didn't want to confess and so, and then another day went by, and it just it just began to destroy me. And I remembered, I do remember, like all the fun I used to have as a child when I that day, I, I oh, it was was not fun anymore. It it shaped 
my thinking. It shaped my day. Shame and guilt will shape you. And it will mold you. And it will tell you you're worthless. It will tell you that you're no good, that you're not loved. Because you made a mistake. Because you've sinned. Because you violated a principle or even violated somebody. And that shame you cannot let go of. And so eventually... Uh, after about four or five days, I couldn't take it anymore, and, and I was about ready to explode. I mean, emotionally, as a six-year-old. Now, I am speaking to somebody here tonight. You could be 20, you could be 30, you could be 40, you could be 60. And your shame is about ready to destroy you, about ready to explode. What am I going to do with shame? I have an answer for you. The answer is in this story. Now, there is a, a God that loves you. A God that's that's so caring, so loving. And he's calling you by name right now. And you may not know him, but something within your soul, there's something that's, that, that's rising up within you that you feel like maybe if I could give God a chance, that maybe the answer is there. Well, let me tell you, the answer is in God. And that's the only way you're going to get away, get rid of your shame and your guilt. Uh, people that that live with shame um, actually take even more more risks. Uh, nothing a, a ever satisfies, and so they'll take unhealthy risks. Uh, it, it, you know, I can remember that. You know, as as the later years of my life, um, I began to drink. Um, you know, things that I, you know, I figured I, you know, other things that I have done. I figured alcohol, drugs can cover up my shame. Well, what happened was it caused me more shame. And it builds upon itself. And you begin to run away. And you begin to hide yourself from people. And you begin to seclude yourself. That's why there's so many people, I believe, that's pastored that maybe you can correct me, but there's many out there that's living a homeless life because they're so full of guilt and shame. They want to hide from people. They want to hide from society. So you become a no-name. You don't exist. And if you don't exist, so therefore you're not responsible for your shame. So you hide yourself. And you really don't care about yourself. And so shame will bring you to a place of death and destruction. And uh, so, now, what's the way out? Well, the world tells you the way out is this. That you seek other relationships. That you, um, you, you, you seek out uh, people that are safe. Uh, you... you uh, in your head, you try to you convince yourself, I'm all right. And, and uh, there's therapy and there's, there's uh, you know, psychology. There's even medication that would help you to sleep and so forth. And try to, try to, because you got sleepless nights, because of your guilt and your shame. And the world will tell you, this is how you heal. That you make, to heal, then you start making, you, you need to make conscious and proper decisions. And then shame will leave. It doesn't leave. That's not the answer. So here's the answer. And and so so now all of a sudden, about six days into it, I can't take this no more. Emotionally, I am a wreck at six years old. Really? How do you handle this? And finally, I, when Dad come home from work that sixth day, I think it was about the sixth day, and I go, I just like blurted out, says, Dad! I yelled at him, Dad! And I start crying. He says, I did it. I'm the one that did it. And when I said that, something began to release in me. 
And now here's what I thought dad was going to do. I thought dad was going to take off his belt. In the old days, you know, you know, we thought the belt was not to hold up your, your, your trousers. The belt was for disciplinary action. And uh, I thought dad was going to just kind of come down on me. And, and my dad looked at me and he says, son, he says, I can't understand what you're saying. You're crying so much. He says, just tell me what you mean. I said, I'm crying and I'm just like, I said, dad, dad, you don't understand. I just, and he says, son, just stop. Just tell me what happened. The first number one thing that we need to do, if we're going to get rid of this shame, is to confess to a God that loves you, your daddy. And we and shame will cause you an emotional trauma, and and it's a very difficult thing to confess. But that's number one. The Bible says, Jesus said Himself. He says, and the Bible tells us is that he that confesses his sins, if you confess your sins, he is faithful faithful and just to forgive you if you confess and that is the number one thing that we must do is to confess to a god that loves us and i thought my dad was gonna like judge me i think he's gonna jump all over me and my dad looked at me with compassion in his eyes i'll never forget with love he says son i knew that from the very first day i was waiting for you to come to me and tell me what you did. And I just melted. And from that shame and that guilt, Pastor Bob left me. Why? Because he had the power to judge or to forgive. And he forgave. And that forgiveness took away my shame. The same thing with God. We, we, come, we come to God and we think God is the, that's going to judge you. But yeah, God has the power to judge or to forgive. But you know what? Today, God chooses to forgive. His mercy is crying out to you. We need, so the answer is that we need to confess our shame, our sin unto God. And that's called repentance. And the Bible is full of this. If you confess unto him, you repent, you ask God to forgive you, and, uh, and God says that he is faithful and just to forgive you. And listen, when I found that, when I was 21 years old, my whole world changed, Pastor Bob. And I know you testify on the radio what, what happened to you and your testimony and the guilt that you felt and how God spoke to you. What a great testimony. And you can sit here today guiltless. You know, guiltless. Why? Because God loves. God's full of mercy. And God's just waiting for you. Who's ever out there listening right now is waiting for you just to say, listen, I'm sorry. I don't know what to do with this anymore. I'm guilty. And that's all God needed to do because what you had done by doing this, you opened the door for God to bring forth healing. Praise God. I thank God for that. Praise the Lord. You know, um, you're listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio show, and as Brother Jones is speaking here, um, you know, I'm not saying God orchestrated this, but I just had a perfect example of this happened to me just before I came into the uh, radio station about shame and guilt. I've got a 10-year-old granddaughter. She just turned 10, and I told her when she turns 10, she can ride one of my electric bicycles. Oh, the, yeah, tell yeah. that story. And yeah. she, um, I experienced it. Yeah, she, she, uh, 
so I showed her how it worked, and we she and I rode around the block together. They're they're really fun if you've never been on an electric bicycle. But and she's she might be at the bottom age of where she was ready for it, but I I knew she could do it, and she she did it. Well, anyway, her uh, her and her grandmother went out riding, and Lainey didn't realize that when you pedal the bike, the uh, it sends a surge of power to the tires, and she had the wheel turned. And so when she did that, uh, she crashed the bike, and her tooth hit the uh, her teeth hit the uh, the little uh, controller on the bike, the little screen, the brains of the bike, and it smashed the lens of that, and it broke her tooth. And when we saw her, she came back to the house. She was devastated. She was crying. Her te- her tooth was broken. She had blood all over her mouth. But the reason she was crying wasn't because of her tooth. She was crying because she felt so ashamed for um, breaking Grandpa's bicycle. And she was feeling really, really bad about that because, um, you know, the kids, I told the kid, I've told the kids, you know, when you ride these electric bicycles, be really careful because they're really expensive and, and so on. And so Lainey felt really bad. She didn't want to face Grandpa. She didn't want to tell Grandpa that she broke Grandpa's bicycle. And, uh, and when she told me the story, I could care less about the bicycle. You know, we can fix the bicycle. It doesn't matter. And it made me think of your story about being a little boy. You know, when when we, you know, when we come to God and when our sin brings us to guilt and shame, uh, God is so interested in forgiving us. He's so excited about. He does. When we confess our sin to God, He could care less about the sin. He, he's looking more at our heart. He wants us to change. And so tonight, you know, this. Um, I guess it was to me. It's so interesting because your story you told in church and now on the radio. I thought, well, I just saw this story. <laughs> just uh, yeah, a little yeah, girl. Solid alive. She was exactly. so she was so sad. Well, Pastor, he came, she came running. You know, first thing she said, "Grandpa, I broke your bike. I'm yeah. so sorry. I right. broke the screen." And, and I'm thinking, she's got blood running down her face, and she says, "Grandpa, I broke your yeah. screen. I'm so sorry." So right. her tears is the tears of shame. And of course, that melted my heart. And I believe when we truly realize that we've sinned against God. And we're truly sorry that God is so quick to forgive us. Just like, I i mean, I didn't even, I could care less about that bicycle. Yeah, you, you didn't know. even hesitate. You yeah. got up out of that chair and you walked yeah. over and wrapped her in her arms. Yeah. Lady, we can fix the bike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look know, at the tooth. Don't you know. worry about it. We can fix the bike. Papa, Grandpa yeah. can fix that bike. Don't worry about it. Right. That's how God responds to us so quickly. Yeah, yeah. And that's, um, you know, I just, when I, when I um, Brother Jones and I were driving down to the station, I said, course she's my granddaughter so i'm you know I've, i am a little partial but i said you know i like the, her attitude yeah know, like in other words she was more worried about the grandpa's bicycle that she broke than she was about her tooth i'm going to play a little part of a song here and we're going to come right back um we've got some burlings listening to us down in the uh, wishick area good to have them listening oh, stay tuned for more tell it like it is radio show with Dave Jones tonight. come on Can wash away my sin. What can make me whole again? For my part in this, I see. For my cleansing, this my plea. No precious is the flow that makes me. 
It is radio show. Pastor Bob and Brother Jones are on the is on the radio. Thank you for all the texting. Um, thankful everybody's listening. We've got some Hostetlers. We've got Cassidy listening. Sierra listening tonight. <coughs> Just a lot of people have texted me. I haven't even checked my emails yet, but good to have you with us. Um, some of the encouraging words about the program. Not always do I get. Um, encouraging words on the tell it like it is but just about always so i'm excited about that we've got brother dale jones with us in the studio he's talking about the power that guilt and shame can have over people and how that we can actually get rid of those things and put them under the blood brother jones go ahead well thank you pastor bob quickly i, I just got a text from uh, brother johnson good friend of mine he listens a faithful listening uh, listener to this radio program he sent me this and it's so true he said i was thinking this if you can feel shame, there's hope. And that is so true. Uh, a little hope for those who never feel shame for their wrongdoing. You can get to the place to where you harden your heart so much that you don't even feel guilt and shame anymore. Do not get to that place. Tonight, there's hope. If you're feeling shame, you don't know what to do with it. You can. You, there's hope tonight. There's a reason why God put that in there, and an emotion. Now, that emotion is not a great emotion. That emotion will drive you to places you never thought you would go. It will steer your life. It will shape you. But if you bring it to God, there's hope, and God can forgive you, and there's a way that God could erase your shame. And we're going to address that in a few moments. I'm going to read to you out of Hebrews and and this is a prophet that's speaking about Jesus Christ. By the way, we we all the world celebrated a a uh, event about a couple couple weeks ago. It's called Easter. Now I mentioned this at church this morning. What a great great service we had, Pastor Bob. What an honor to preach in that church. You had great great people, just a great congregation. You ought to come uh, to uh, church in Dickinson. The answer is not only 
God, but to continue your walk with God, you need to go to church that believes in this message. Pastor Simons and, and the great congregation there, beautiful. They'll love you to death, to really love you to death. You need to be there uh, at uh, New Life in uh, Dickinson. What a privilege for this listening audience to have a man of God that is unrestricted to preach this gospel Amen to a lost and dying world. Let me let me read to you out of Isaiah chapter fifty three. Speaking of Jesus Christ, but here's here here's how Isaiah describes Jesus, the, the God manifested in flesh. He says this. He says he he who 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 will believe our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up bef up before him. As a tender plant, he's speaking of Jesus, as a root out of dry ground, he hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow, and that's what shame brings is sorrow. And he was acquainted with that. He was acquainted with grief. And we hid ourselves and our faces from him as we despised him because we did not recognize him or esteemed him. Surely he had borne our griefs, he carried our sorrows, and we we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Can you, are you looking or understanding or hearing these adjectives describing who Jesus Christ, what they did to him? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his with uh, his stripes we're here so he's describing what is going to happen to god manifested in the flesh when he comes to this world he was born as a baby so now we celebrated two years two weeks ago the resurrection but what is the resurrection what was it for are you, are you recognizing the power of the resurrection? Listen, if it wasn't for the resurrection, you would not have the power of forgiveness. And to, have, and to believe that there's a power of forgiveness, you must believe that there is a resurrection. If you do not think that God can, can forgive you and take away your shame, then you don't believe in the resurrection because that was the resurrection that gave power to forgive sins and to remove the guilt and the shame that was put upon us because of our sin. Now, this is what Jesus Christ did. Amen. No, here's what the world tells you uh, how they're going to help you uh, with your shame. Uh, here's what's going to happen. The best places um, to take these steps, the world tells us. I'm reading this uh, on a website. Um, it's a website, a professional health, mental health website. Here's what they say. One of the best places to take these steps is in counseling with a mental health professional. If shame is controlling your life, we can help you. This is what they're saying. They can help you. All they can do is, is suppress. All they can do is maybe make try to forget this, but it cannot take away your shame. Jesus Christ made a way. And I'm going to give you, there's, the Bible is full of examples very quickly. I'm going to tell you one example. There was a woman that was caught in adultery uh, by uh, several men. This is the, during the time uh, when Jesus Christ was on this earth. 
Sorry, I'm speaking so quickly. I'm trying to get everything in here. I'm going to try to slow it down here a little bit. And uh, they found her, and uh, they they said they're going to try to trap Jesus Christ. And, it, and they bring this woman that's caught in adultery, brings it to the feet of Jesus, throws her down, and they're standing around her. Now she's full of shame. She knows she's guilty. She's full of shame. She's full of guilt. The law requires for her to die at the hand of her accusers. Now, the, Satan is the accuser. And Satan is the one that comes to you to try to convince you that Jesus Christ does not love you. And he's challenging God. And he's trying to speak to you right now tonight that God will not love you. You have done something bad. You may have been a murderer, abuser. Uh, you may have... Uh, abuse somebody or as a child you may have been abused yourself and satan is the accuser of that he's telling you that god does not love you and god's going to throw you away you're you're just trash you're, you you uh, you don't have no self-worth um, nobody loves you that's a lie from hell and here's the perfect example that tells us that how much god loves you so these men bring this woman throws her at the feet of jesus he says what are you going to do this woman was caught in adultery and Jesus didn't even look up. He knew they were coming. He knew that, that they were going to accuse somebody. He, they, they knew. He knew. He, he heard them. He felt them coming. The woman's laying on her face, probably sobbing and crying, ashamed to even look up. And Jesus finally looks up from when he was drawing and writing in, uh, into the sand. And he looks up and he says, all right. He says, I'll give you an answer, gentlemen. He says, now, yeah, this woman deserves death. She is guilty. But I'm going to ask you something. He says, you're accusing her. He says, now, those that are out there without sin, he says, you throw the first stone. Now, they had stones in their hands. They accused this woman. And Jesus says, all right, all right. He says, if uh, you don't have any sin, you go throw the first stone. And one by one, all of a sudden, their shame got them, and their stones began to fall to the ground, and they walked away one by one. And the woman didn't even look up yet, probably, and didn't. Jesus said to the woman, he says, now, woman, they don't know her name. We don't know her name. He says, where's your accusers? And she finally got enough courage to look up and look around. He says, well, they're not here. You know what Jesus said to her? He says, well, you're guilty, and, and, I, and uh, you deserve to die. And, uh, and he didn't even, she, you know what, he didn't even ask her what she did. So Jesus is not concerned with that. That's why Pastor Bob, he's not concerned about, you know, you know the, the, what you have done more than what, where your heart is. You see, we, we need to have a paradigm change when we come to God. God's not there to try to get everything out of you and call you a louse and a loser and, and look what you did and accuse you. He's not there to do that. But he said to that woman, he said, where are they? Where, where's your accusers? She said, well, I, I guess I don't have any. And she was looking at Jesus, knowing who he was, waiting for her. Jesus had the power of life and death he had the power to judge or to forgive, just like my dad. And she's waiting for what he is going to say. 
What do you think Jesus would say about your guilt? What do you think God would say about your sin and your shame? Well, you know what? You know, I, I can understand he'll forgive so-and-so, and we always seem to be convinced that so-and-so would be forgiven, but not me. My shame is too bad. My shame is, is built too long. I've been carrying this shame for 30, 40 years trying to shake it. And there's no answer. Well, let me give you the answer. And here's the answer in the words that Jesus said. He goes, woman, neither do I accuse you. And she goes, she's thinking, what? Wait a minute. You're the man that could judge. You're the one that, that, that created all things, and you don't accuse me? Don't you understand what I did? He said, I'm not concerned about what you did. I'm telling you, I do not accuse you. Now get up and go, but don't do it anymore. What a beautiful God, Pastor Simons. And that's what God is saying to you. This is the, number, this is the other part of that answer. You must believe that God can forgive you and just get up. And, go, and don't do it anymore. It's simple as one, two, three. I heard this on the radio program. Isn't that a wonderful story? That's a perfect example of what, how much God loves us. It's a beautiful story. Um, there's other stories in the Bible. We, we, we remember about Peter. Peter. Jesus said to uh, Peter, he goes, Hey, you know, Peter, you know, I, I'm, I'm, it's just a few days from now, and I'm going to die, and and uh, they're, you know, I'm going to raise from the grave. Peter's, oh no, 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 and Peter's, and Peter's, well, you know, are you are you going to leave me? You're going to. He said, no, no, I'll I'll, I'll be with you. And he said, no, Peter. He says, he says, um, the cock's going to crow three three times. He said, you're going to deny me thrice, and when you do that, the cock. Gonna... Well, all of a sudden, it happened in the moment. He wasn't thinking, but in that moment of of emotion of stress he failed and the cock crew you know what happened to Peter shame got a hold of him he walked away and he cried the Bible says he wept bitterly he was sorrowful and shameful you know what the power of the resurrection was you see after the resurrection all of a sudden Jesus is rose from, risen from the grave the women come down to the grave he says hey we got to finish this and the grave's empty and there's this man sitting there then they think he's the gardener and all of a sudden he reveals himself and he goes no it's oh he says no you you tell the disciples that I'm alive but he says you specifically tell Peter I'm risen why because he understood he says Peter I want you to know I took your shame to the grave I took your sorrow and your pain to the grave. I killed it. And I took it upon myself. And it's in the grave. And it's no longer. It's buried. And now you can have a guiltless life. That's what God does. Praise God. Aren't you glad to know that there's an answer? It's, you don't have to just put it aside. But God can take it away. It's a beautiful thing. Praise God. You know, the um, we're talking about what to do with your guilt and shame. And that woman that was caught in the very act of adultery that Jesus talked about, or Jesus talked to and said, you know, I don't accuse you either, go and sin no more. This uh, beautiful story has several aspects to it, and as Brother Jones was preaching in church today, I thought, you know, the one aspect, of course, is that God is so willing to forgive. Um, he really doesn't care what you've done, just like I didn't care that my granddaughter wrecked my bicycle. It didn't, like I could care less about that. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make any difference. And I, so God can forgive our sins. He's willing to forgive our sins. Number two, the condition of that is, you know, 
don't do it again. Go and sin no more. And really, number three is what this program is about tonight. Do you believe that? Like, there are people that, um, you know, number one, they ask God for forgiveness, but they really don't believe that. Right. And they go on right. feeling terrible the rest of their life. Um, God God is a forgiver, and God's people are very forgiving, too. You know, we, we uh, um, you know, I, my experience with God's people is that they're very, very forgiving. You know, you... Sometimes people walk away from God and they say terrible things about the people of God and maybe even try to hurt the people of God. But when you walk back into that church, everybody there is so glad to see you again. And and um, don't don't let Satan try to convince you that um, that he uh, that God is unforgiving. Don't you know my if my granddaughter wouldn't have broke her tooth, but she would have just broken the bicycle today. She possibly possibly could have been tempted not to tell me about about the broken bicycle oh, yeah point. she could have sure, sure. but she would have been just in the same shoes that brother jones was in you know she would have felt really bad about it but uh, i'm thankful today that we can come to god a loving god that's, and confess to him our sins and he is so willing to forgive i i'm going to try to end the program tonight with singing a song if you uh just i want to say this if you're listening tonight in the dickinson area tuesday night in beach at the Beach Community Center at 7.30, Brother Jones will be speaking there. Special service. So in Beach, North Dakota, this Tuesday at 7.30. Wednesday night, Brother Jones will be speaking at our church here in Dickinson, the New Life Pentecostal Church, 501 Elks Drive. We're in the Elks Building. We purchased the Elks Building, and we're our church is in the top floor of that building. And so uh, we'd love to see you come if you're here this Sunday, uh, Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, Sunday school, 11 is our worship service. We have a church in Bowman and that they have service Wednesday nights at 7.30 and also at uh, we have church there on Sunday mornings at, at uh, 10.30. So and we've got some Bowmanites listening tonight. Let me end this song with this song and then we'll take a little time here for uh, Brother Jones to come in and pray for our listening audience after this song. But this song is about the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. Tears dripped off of her crimson face As she struggled Hide her face Caught and condemned Now she can't get away Just the pawn in the hand Of a Pharisee game The rage and the noise Of the frenzied grew As they struggled for the power In an ageless feud And as she softly cried they again renewed the obvious fate of this ill repute. Then a voice of love ended all debate. His words of hope sent the crowds away. The hand that flung the stars in space lifted her face as she heard him say, Let me introduce you to a friend called Grace Doesn't care about your past or your many mistakes Cover your sins in a warm embrace Let me introduce you to a friend A friend called Grace The courtroom grew quiet and still As the white-robed judge called truth appeared And the ring of the gavel brought a fierce debate As the players of eternity decided my fate 
In the light of truth, all could clearly see. The facts made the trial mere formality. And my accuser stood with bated breath. Confident conviction would end in death. But from the blood-stained cross to the witness stand walked a man with a hope in his nail-scarred hands. The words he spoke brought me sweet release. Whispered, I've a friend that you need to meet. Let me introduce you to a friend called Grace. Doesn't care about your past or your many mistakes. Cover your sins in a warm embrace. Let me introduce you to a friend. A friend called Grace. If you're tired of the guilt and the sleepless nights, running from the shame of a wasted life, there's someone awaiting with an open hand, ready there to give you a second chance. Let me introduce you to a friend called Grace, doesn't care about your past or your many mistakes. Cover your sins in a warm embrace. Let me introduce you to a friend. A friend called Grace. Let me circle back around to the story of my father and and the shame that I felt. Um, That day when I confessed to him, why didn't I do that from the very beginning? If Knowing that my dad, a loving father, would wrap his arms around me and not uh, judge me and execute judgment because of my guilt, I deserved it. But instead of that, my shame carried me and tried to destroy me for the last six days. If I would have known that my father would forgive me and love me, I would have done it the first day. Somebody's out there today. Why? What are you waiting for? We gave you the answer. And, and you can have your shame and your guilt washed away in the waters of baptism. Paul understood this. Peter understood this. It's in the scriptures, and Pastor Bob has alluded to them. And you can, you can ask him questions. You can email him, text him. He will give the answer. But Paul writes this. He says, we were buried with him in the waters of baptism. That's why baptism is so, and we are risen with him in the newness of life. When we're buried with him in the waters of baptism, our shame and our guilt is washed away. When we come out of the waters of baptism, our guilt is gone. That's what you must do. Heavenly Father, somebody in this audience is listening, and they've been battling shame even to the place of not wanting to live. I pray tonight, God, that hope will come to them to the preached word that was preached tonight. That shame does have an end, and it's not death of the person that's with shame, but it's death of shame itself because you have come to forgive our guilt, our sin, and take away our shame. We pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ where anybody is sitting and listening of my voice, God reach down into their lives and remove this guilt and shame through the confession of their sins. Bless them, God. Be with them. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done in Calvary. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Brother Jones, for being with us tonight. As he said, uh, we would love to meet you. 
Uh, this number I've been giving out throughout the broadcast is my cell phone number, 701-290-7862. So certainly contact me, get a hold of our church. Uh, God is in the business of forgiving. So we don't care who you are or what you've done. doesn't matter who bed, whose bed you've been sleeping in. We want to meet you. We know that God is a deliverer. We all look really nice at church. We all come dressed up, but you would not believe the brokenness of some of the people in our church have come from. Now, they would never know it. Just like you. God bless. Tune in next week for another Tell Like It Is Radio show. When salvation was so near So at those times you don't feel like lifting your voice Remember that Jesus has purchased your choice The praises you offer can set captives free Because where Jesus is there will be liberty But if we do not praise you Kindness and compassion Where you delivered me from sin And the emptiness within From the immorality Nothing else could set me free All the drugs that had me bound So depressed I thought I'd drown All the lies of rock and roll Could never heal my wounded soul But you filled me with your spirit And I spoke with You gave me power to be a witness and the power to overcome. Now you've given me a new life because I've been born again of the water and the spirit so that I can enter in into the holiest of holies because that's where you choose to dwell. Now the covenant is broken with eternal death and hell. So if we not praise you, the rocks will cry out, and we all so much more, so we'll stand up and shout, somebody stand up and shout, that I'm thankful for the sunshine, and I'm thankful for the rain, I'm thankful that you healed me, for a heart that's free from pain. I'm thankful for your goodness, and I'm thankful for your grace. I'm thankful for the smile that 
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.